It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Is Ed Ingram going to be a pro bowler two years from now? We answer that question on today's Minnesota football party and oh, so much more. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Minnesota Football Party, everyone. I'm Sam Ekstrom alongside Luke Inman. We call him the Spinman because he's at Luke underscore Spinman. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. As I mentioned, Ed Ingram's future, something called Puka Natua, a possible Vikings target in the draft. Plus, is Alexander Madison destined to be back with Dalvin Cook getting cut? All of that coming up on today's show, which you can find in a variety of ways. We're on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. Free to subscribe on YouTube. Get all the videos, the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel. And free, of course, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Luke Inman, right-hand man. Um, let's jump into it. We go to the Twitter sphere for today's Wednesday mailbag episode. And our first question comes from A. Burns. What is Ed Ingram's two-year outlook? Can he be our guard long-term? I think that's a great question because O'Neal's locked in. Derrissaw's locked in. Cleveland is probably locked in for next year. So the only two places where you can really change or improve would be center, don't know about Gary Bradbury and then Ed Ingram taking a big step. Uh, he played all year, Luke. He was not good. He's the third worst offensive lineman, depending on what metric you look at on PFF. Ed Ingram's future. Your thoughts? Yeah, Sam. You know, I think we need to look at it from the Vikings' point of view. And anytime you take a guard right in the second round that high, that tells me they think he's going to be a legitimate starter for the next six, seven years. And obviously, they saw enough in him on tape coming out of LSU to use that high of a pick at that position. And now the goal is to really kind of develop his technique, right? Let him grow and develop into the player that you hoped he could become two, three years down the road. Because I think it's easy to forget, too, these guys are young. They're not always experienced. And so it can take a couple years, in fact. That should be the norm. You know, we're getting into draft season right now. We're going to get into some senior bowl discussion. We're so used to the instant gratification from some of these guys, but that's not always the case. Typically, with draft picks, it's usually going to be a project going in. And I thought he showed a lot of great flashes, and specifically mm -hmm. as a run blocker. And I think he can be a mover. I think he could be one of the better run blocking guards in the NFL someday. Pass pro, yeah, that's where he struggled quite a bit. But again, I want to remind people that pass pro is what most young offensive linemen 
when they come in. They struggle with the most right away because there's a lot of new nuances, a lot of new details to that part of the game that some of these guys could get away with in college that now they need to learn for the first time. So if coaches can just sharpen his football IQ in that area, I think he certainly got all the physical tools that justified why they did invest such an early pick at that kind of position in round two last year. I think that Ed, or I'm sorry, Ezra Cleveland is a nice like doppelganger. Like you hope yeah. that he can sort of progress in that fashion because I think Cleveland ascended kind of year one to year two to year three. That being said, I went on PFF and I looked at who are some of the most productive guards that were from the 2019 draft class, 2020 draft class, 2021 draft class. And the ones that were productive this past year, they kind of started that way. Like the, most of the guards that are good, they started good. There isn't actually as much sort of year-over-year progression as you might think. And Ed Ingram was was pretty poor, Luke. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the amount of pressures allowed, the pass-blocking efficiency, the pass-blocking, just the overall grade, toward the bottom of the NFL in, in most of those areas. So it would require a big step for him. Um, and if you think of sort of what we've observed over the years, whether it's Garrett Bradbury didn't really progress that much from year one to year two to year three. Um, typically, if they start rough, it's a bad sign. We don't often see these guys kind of rescued from an abysmal season. Drew Sabia, like we were talking about, oh, he's going to get better year two. Nope. Didn't happen. Steal of the draft. Watch out. You know? Well, yeah. There's just, there's a lot of cautionary tales. Like sometimes what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. I, I'm willing to, to kind of have that optimism going into year two, but I'm also not banking on it. Like I'm not going to just assume that that's going to be a clear improvement just because he's a year older. Um, he had a lot of time at LSU. Uh, he had, you know, a whole entire season with the Vikings. It wasn't just like a six game run like Ezra Cleveland had, I think. Um, it was the whole season and it didn't necessarily get a lot better from start to finish. So I'm cautious about Ed Ingram. I don't know if that is a, a surefire answer. And I would certainly like Chris Reed to be in that mix, to compete with him at least for that guard position instead of handing it to Ingram. The Creed Humphreys of the world, right? Kansas City Chiefs use a late, I think it was the last pick in the second round. All of a sudden, he's a pro bowler his rookie season. That just doesn't happen very often. So I'm glad you brought up a guy like Ezra Cleveland. And although it wasn't the perfect dream scenario in year one, I'm telling you, there is certain positions, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line, that just takes time to translate those raw talents that you see on tape coming out of college and translate it into the NFL. You know, I'm not ready to give up on him by any means. Again, I saw the flashes there, specifically in the run game. But certainly, again, you would have hoped to see more, especially in the pass blocking game. There's going to be some rookie lumps along the way. But that's honestly, at the end of the day, the best way to groom any guy is to get him actual playing time in real live reps. So hopefully... You know, we go to bed tonight and we say, you know what? Looking ahead to next season, all those live reps, he's going to bank those. He's going to come back next year a lot more developed and just have a little bit more feet underneath him, not just physically, but from a mental standpoint as well. No doubt about it. Um, good thoughts, Luke. Let me remind people that we are brought to you by FanDuel. 
Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America, our new partners here at Locked On. If you're new to FanDuel, that's great because you can download the app, download your first $5, and you can get $150 in free bets. But let me also tell you about betting on Super Bowl 57. There's a no-sweat first bet. Get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't work. Up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. You can bet on all the props, money lines, point spreads. Use the safe, secure, easy-to-use FanDuel Sportsbook app, and we will be breaking down those props as the game gets closer. First touchdown scorers, the coin toss, national anthem length, all of it. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Spinman. This is a juicy one. I found this from Johnny in the comment section of a previous video. He's asking, is Alexander Madison a possibility to re-sign after the team potentially cuts Dalvin Cook? I think that, I mean, the, the Dalvin Cook thing is a talker on its own, but let's assume that they cut it. Let's assume that they cut the $14 million, uh, they save eight, they pay him six dead. So they've got $8 million to work with there at the running back position. Alexander Madison's on the market. Does it make sense to bring him back and uh, maybe be in kind of a rotation? I don't know if he'd be a number one back, but what do you think about Madison's future if Cook is cut, Luke? Everything needs to be on the table at this point in the offseason. Any way we can try to improve our roster and improve our team from last year has to be the goal. No matter who the player is, no matter the name on the back of the jersey, certainly it would be a, a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people to move on from a guy like Dalvin Cook, arguably still a top five running back in the league. He's special when he's on and healthy. We saw what he could do, took over late in games like that Miami game, the Indianapolis Colts screen pass, took it to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at this just from a pure numbers standpoint, Sam, you look at the free agents out there right now Alexander Madison's gonna have a hard time getting a big time payday with any other team Saquon Barkley sure maybe he goes back to the Giants okay that's one Kareem Hunt Jamal Williams Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing and then you get down to a lot of similar type of situations in talent like in Alexander Madison Samaje P Ryan from the Bengals Deontay Foreman had a great year in Carolina Mark Ingram Rex Burkhead Giovanni Bernard Jarek McKinnon there's a ton of these guys Miles Sanders so Alexander Madison, at the end of the day, let's just say in this scenario and exercise, the Vikings did cut Dalvin Cook. They saved the $8 million. All right, well, we got Ty Chandler. We got Ken A. Wongu. I think that Alexander Madison bringing him back into the fold and having this running back by committee would certainly not be the worst thing in the world, knowing that you could likely get him for a two, three, maybe $4 million deal at most. Because having a veteran presence and a guy that you already know what he can do just from a player personnel, how do I maximize this guy's skill sets? We already know. We've seen it for four years. This guy can run the ball in between the tackles very efficiently. It'd be nice to have a guy like that and retain him, especially if you're going to move on from such a special talent like Dalvin Cook. So we all know going into this offseason, Kwesi's got his work cut out for him. Saving that $8 million with Dalvin Cook, that may be mm-hmm. something that is a little bit more realistic scenario than I think a lot of fans realize right now. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to work out that well for Alexander Madison. Like, I think he's on a team. I think he's on a roster. I just don't think he's going to have maybe the role that he wants or the money that he wants. 
Um, he does have going for him that he's young. You know, he's only 24, but he is a workhorse back, Luke. Like that was his MO in college, that he could run it 35 times a game. And over the course of those 35 carries, he would be able to endure it. Like he had good stamina. He could hang in there. He could take a lot of hits. And then in the course of those 35, he would probably do something spectacular. He'd jump over somebody. He would break off a big run because he had just volume. He was a volume back. He is not, no one really owns volume backs anymore in the NFL. He's not going to be given that role where he is the number one guy just swallowing up carry after carry after carry. So what are teams looking for? They're looking for a microwave, like instant offense, kind of like Jalen Noel on the Timberwolves, like a bench scorer who can come off the bench and provide a spark. It's kind of the way the Vikings used him, but I don't know if it was that effective. Like he's not spectacular in the passing game. His yards per carry the last two years was 3.7 and 3.8. Um, so I just have a hard time seeing teams like salivating over, okay, this this is the answer to our prayers. Like this guy is going to be the pass catching back that we've longed for. This guy is going to be the, the electric scat back that we long for. He's not that. Like I don't think he excels at enough stuff where teams are going to be clamoring over his services. So I think Alexander Madison is an amazing like locker room guy and he's in, he's durable like those those things will get him signed but i don't know if he has like a dynamic role in an offense um so the only way he comes back to the vikings i think is if it's very cheap i think it would have to be like 1 2 million dollars like not if if he falls through the cracks and minnesota appreciates him then i think he can maybe wind up here but i i, I don't think there's going to be a big bidding war luke i just i really don't and maybe i'm maybe i'm more negative on him than other people but 3.7 and 3.8 per carry the last yeah. two years. Yeah, and again, I just gave you a laundry list of guys he's going to have to go compete with that really waters down the free agent running back market. And when you look at just the landscape of all 32 teams, how many teams just really have that true number one kind of guy, that workhorse, special blue chip kind of guy? Five, maybe six? Indy yeah. with Jonathan Taylor when healthy. Josh Jacobs in Vegas last year, probably that guy. Most teams, though, especially in this pass-happy league, it's a running back by committee. So you're certainly right. Between the watered-down free agent pool and then just knowing his role that maybe most teams are going to view him as a two-down bruiser, as you mentioned, more of a volume guy, not going to help me a ton in the passing game. Yeah, I can't see him getting paid more than three, three and a half million when this is all said and done by some team, whoever that may be. Can you find a cheaper wide receiver with the same talent as Adam Thielen? We answer that question after I tell these good people to go buy Built Bars. You can get them in store now. Let me tell you about this. Built Bars, 100% real chocolate, delicious, nutritious, only four grams of sugar. You can run to the store. You can get in your car. Make sure you pump the heat on before you like get in the car because it's cold out. But get in the driver's seat, drive to Walmart, Get a four-bar box, go to the pharmacy section, and get some of these fantastic flavor, flavors, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff. Then you walk out, you go back into your car, you drive home, 
and then you eat a built bar and you feel good because it's 17 grams of protein. It's only 130 calories. It's good. It's good for you. And now as you move into year two or month two, I'm sorry, of your New Year's resolutions, uh, you can feel good about having a built bar in your back pocket. You can also go to Sam's Club, get a 13 bar box, or you can go to built.com, use promo code locked on 15 for 15% off a shipment of built bars. Lots of ways to get them. They're so delicious. The flavors are awesome. You got to try it. Built bars. You can thank me later. Got a query here from Bob. Can you find a better receiver than Adam Thielen for less? I think so. I will say that up front. I think you can, but asterisk Luke. Adam Thielen has a lot of dead money. $13 million. So if you part with Adam Thielen, that is almost part of the equation, right? Like your new receiver, it's almost like 13 million plus that you're just, you're sending it down the toilet. Um, If you don't find a way to trade Thielen, and I think that's going to be difficult to do, then it is going to be hard to spend a whole lot less um, than, than what he's owed. I think he's owed 19 and change. um, And the dead money is 13. So keep that in mind. But can you find a cheaper receiver than Adam Thielen for less or a better receiver than Adam Thielen for less money? Three names here, free agents from last year at the wide receiver position and about how much they ended up going for. Nelson Aguilar, 11 million. Sterling Shepard, 10.25 million. DJ Chark to the Lions, 10 million. So that's kind of where the bar is. Most of these Mm -hmm. wide receivers, the big name guys, they don't make it to the free agent market. So if we're looking at replacing Adam Thielen through free agency, those are the types of names and the kind of value that you're going to end up having to spend. Now, that's half the price you're paying Adam Thielen. But you made a great point. When you add in the dead cap to the equation, you almost can't do it. Now I'm downgrading, right? Because Adam Thielen, Mm -hmm. I think most people would agree, even in a down year, is still better. You take him over guys like DJ Chark, Shepard, Nelson Aguilar, Randall Cobb, Marvin Jones, guys like that. So I'm downgrading, but when you add in that dead cap, almost a mute point. Can't do it from a front office lens. If I can trade him, and granted, 33 years old next season, not going to get much more than a sixth, maybe a seventh. Sure, somebody will take him off your hands, but it's more so not for the trade value coming back, but just to clear that money. And now I replace him with a Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark type of guy. Mm -hmm. Did I get better? I don't think so. I really don't. And these are some of the free agents coming out next year. Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, just scrolling through the list here. Sammy Watkins, Mac Hollins, Jamison Crowder. Anybody there really perk your interest there, Sam? I mean, you can go to bed confidently tonight saying, all right, that's a clear upgrade from Adam Thielen. I don't think so. Not really. So it, it's a tough spot. You would love to have Adam Thielen over the majority of these guys, but at the same price, six, seven, eight million seems a lot more realistic and a much easier pill to swallow than what they're paying him now. So Quasi, one way or another, he's got to restructure or do something with that contract because it's just not realistic to pay a 33-year-old vet that kind of money with the production you got out of him last year, which what'd you say before the show? He was about the 50th rank receiver in some different various categories. Yeah. It's too much, Sam. It's just not realistic. You can't do it. Yeah. So, so this is why I think it makes sense for both parties to take a couple of years off of that contract, make it a one year deal and pay him like a generous 12 or 13, because then he gets, you know, sort of that dead amount from the Vikings, 
the Vikings, as you laid out, would have to pay 10, 11 to get a receiver, even 75% of his quality in free agency. Now you can go the draft route. Like if, if you want to get rookie receivers in, be my guest. I think that's, that's what you have to do, but you can't rely upon that. Like you can't assume that that's your wide receiver too. Like KJ Osborne would, would become your wide receiver too. And then you are hoping that your rookie works out, that Jalen Naylor works out. And that's a very uncertain place to be on an offense that, that needs badly weapons to surround Justin Jefferson with. So I'm, I am totally fine if the Vikings want to restructure this thing and still pay Thielen a lot of money. Like if they can save even $6 million, $7 million and get that number down around the dead total, then I think they can reinvest and you can get a Sammy Watkins for like one year and four and he can be your wide receiver four. He can be your insurance policy if somebody gets hurt. Um, and, and, and just to add on to that, I think we're all in this mindset and place where we're trying to replace the old Adam Thielen, but you got to look at this new Kevin O'Connell offense and say, listen, whoever you bring in, whoever wide receiver two is, doesn't need to light the world on fire. Certainly it'd be great to have a Bengals situation with T Higgins and Jamar Chase Eagles with AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. But when you got Justin Jefferson on one side, soaking up at least double coverage, if not sometimes three guys. When you got TJ Hawkinson soaking up a lot of the middle field, that second receiver on the other side doesn't need to be a Pro Bowl player. When you look at maybe building through the draft, adding another young weapon in the third round or day three, trying to find another K.J. Osborne to add into that group with who you mentioned, not only Osborne, but Speedy Naylor, maybe Ola B.C. Johnson comes back as wide receiver four or five. Who knows? I think it's... BC, maybe. I think it takes some pressure off of this mindset of we got to replace the old Adam Thielen. I don't think we're getting mm-hmm. that guy back. And because of it, I don't think you can pay him and justify spending $19 million on that roster spot. Yeah, Thielen is a smart guy. His <sighs> agent is a smart guy. Got to think that they got to look in the mirror and say, all right, like do we really want to damage this legacy here in Minnesota by playing hardball when we clearly aren't ourselves? Like I, th- I didn't think it couldn't be more evident than Adam Thielen was not the 2018 Adam Thielen. That's fine. Father time catches up to everybody. So hopefully both sides can be realistic about it. Cause I think, I think that's someone that you would like to keep um, if things work out, but you got to play ball, got to play ball. Um, Troy die. There's a name you don't hear a lot of, uh, about in the offseason usually, but Troy Dye, we're looking at a situation, Luke, where Jordan Hicks, very likely cut candidate. Eric Hendricks, also on the chopping block. Maybe not both of them, but for sure one of them, I think, is gone. Is Troy Dye sitting on a possible breakout? Asks John on YouTube. Um, I would say Brian Asamoah. That's the answer to that question. Troy Dye is no longer first in line. Brian Asamoah is first in line. Now, if you cut both of them, then I guess if you have a die uh, Asamoah middle, I still don't love it because I don't love Troy Die. I think Troy Die is a special team ace and maybe not a whole lot more. Do, do you have a, a different opinion on that, Luke? Well, just based off what we know, what we've seen, live football, real reps going up against other top-tier competition, or at least guys in his talent pool, talking about preseason games this year and even going back to his rookie year, talking about seeing him in training camp, things like that. Solid backup, 
probably nothing more than that. I mean, I was excited when we got him a couple of years ago, but just really hasn't taken that next step. Never really added enough bulk, never had the explosive speed or tackling ability, big hitting ability to really be a true starter in the NFL. And certainly I, I think, as you mentioned, we both expect one of, if not both Jordan Hicks and Kendricks to be gone. Brian Asamoah certainly is going to be the first guy up, but there's not a lot of depth behind him. I mean, that's really it. Now you're talking about maybe standing up guys like Luigi Valane or Patrick Jones or DJ Wanham in a 3-4 setup. That's not what you want going into training camp or OTAs. So Jordan Hicks, easy candidate to wipe out, say, $5.5 million. Brian Osamoa steps into that place. Pretty smooth transition there. Get a little bit younger, get a little bit faster. I think you got to keep Eric Kendricks around unless you have some sort of plan B in the background that we don't know about right now. Maybe there's a guy you're falling in love with in the draft. Are you really going to draft a linebacker though in the first round with so many other needs? Probably not. Maybe there's a guy in free agency that they've kind of targeted. I think it makes it really tough to cut both of them. And that's why I think Eric Kendricks is back on the team Mm -hmm. in 2023, albeit maybe a restructured contract. Yeah, the linebacker position, Luke, has been devalued because all we talk about is coverage and rush, coverage and rush, secondary defensive line. And we leave the linebackers out of that equation and we view them, I think, as the least important defensive position. But I would argue, and that might be true in the in the grand scheme, but I would argue on this particular Vikings defense, the linebackers were an issue on a lot of that underneath stuff where guys were running uncontested across the field. There were communication mix-ups. There was a clear speed gap between the wide receivers and the linebackers trying to cover. And I think because a lot of defenses put those safeties so they you know the too high, the safeties are back, trying to prevent stuff over the top, that the middle of the field gets worked a lot. Mm-hmm. And linebackers might actually be increasing in importance as the passing games improve across the league. They all need to be able to cover. So whatever the Vikings' future is at linebacker, I think it's got to involve speed. It's got to involve coverage, and they might you might sacrifice some some bulk, some toughness. But the Brian Asamoa type is the type that I think will succeed years into the future in the NFL. Uh, and if you go and draft another one of that ilk, I think that makes sense. And I don't think it's Troy Die. I don't think Troy Die has proven enough as a pass defender to be trusted um, in that position going forward. He's entering a contract year, and I think he's a roster bubble guy, to be yeah, honest. I think yeah. he's on. Yep. I was I was just going to mention, to your point, you can find some of these stud linebackers in the third round, right? Demario Davis for the Saints, Fred Warner for the 49ers, pro bowlers, all pro kind of guys, both third-round picks, because – it is somewhat like running back where it has become a position that's been a little watered down and devalued. Still want guys mm-hmm. that can cover at the end of the day, but you're looking for those three down guys, guys that can wrap up and tackle, guys that can blitz, and guys that can cover. And even though Eric Kendricks is getting a little long in the tooth, I still think he was one of the better coverage linebackers not long ago. I got a hard time thinking that he's not a guy that, at least on the underneath stuff, the big issue for the Vikings defense, I got a hard time thinking that Eric Kendrick still can't be a guy that you can count on in that department once you figure out the miscues and the communication errors and get this new defensive coordinator in there. Maybe he can't travel with the tight ends up the seam or running back on a wheel route 30 yards downfield, but at least on that mundane underneath stuff, Eric Kendricks, I would think, 
they should still be pretty confident in. Comment below. Who do you want to be the Vikings linebackers next year? Smash subscribe as well. Locked on Sports Minnesota on YouTube. Uh, in closing here, I think Chase just wanted me to say the name Puka Nakua. He just wanted to hear it because it's fun. It's fun to say. I like saying it, but it is actually a person. Uh, Puka Nakua, wide receiver draft prospect out of BYU. It's not my department. That's your department, Luke. Your thoughts on Puka Nakua. Yeah, I know he's down at the Senior Bowl. Excited to watch him practice this week. Likely going to run in about a 4-4-4-5, so he does have some speed to him. A little bit bigger, too. think he's got the prototypical NFL size, six foot two, two oh five. He weighed in Monday morning down in Mobile. Um, mm. We'll have to see how he kind of stacks up against not only the top-tier cornerbacks that he'll be facing for the first time, but also... This is a pretty deep group of wide receiver. We got spoiled the last few years, Sam, with some almost like you can call them Hall of Fame wide receiver type of class. Not on that level. Not a lot of true number one alpha wideouts. But boy, in a league where you like to spread them out three, four, five wide sometimes, I know teams really covet number two and number three type of receivers. There's a lot of them. Once you get past the top tier guys like Quentin Johnson from TCU, Jordan Addison from USC, the Bolitnikoff Award winner, transferred from Pittsburgh, got to play with Kenny Pickett. Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, just another Ohio State wide receiver, probably going to come in with a smooth transition and ball out his rookie year. But then you get in the second and third tier, there's tons of them. Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee, Zay Flowers, tons of buzz down at the Shrine game last week, Boston College, Josh Downs, North Carolina, Rasheed Rice. We talked about him last week yeah, on the show, SMU. Yeah, he's starting to look really good down at the Senior Bowl. The one guy that's really sticking out right now down at the Senior Bowl, Nathan Dell from Houston. The size is an issue for sure. Comes in at five foot ten, buck sixty-five, soaking wet. But his speed yesterday on display outstanding speed, good explosion off the line of scrimmage. Cornerbacks really had a tough time getting their hands on him yesterday. Hmm. And it's one thing to just have this speed, right? Because a lot of guys are fast, just straight line speed. But it's a whole nother thing to have this start-stop ability that he's been putting on display. Something that I think goes overlooked a lot. And I think something actually, we talked about Adam Thielen. I always thought Adam Thielen did very well at the top of his stem and route in his prime was that start-stop ability. He was really good at that. Again, problem with Dell right now, a little bit smaller, buck 65. That's not a guy with those traits most teams are going to use a first-round pick on. Teams usually look for the high upside, kind of elite traits that you just can't teach in round one, more times than not. But certainly, again, when you look at just this new pass-happy nature of the league now, there's a desire to have three, four, five wide receivers. I just think you got to have three to four legitimate threats out there. I think Nathan Dell right now is kind of stealing the show. We'll have to keep our eyes on Puka, though, because mm. anytime you just get invited to the Senior Bowl, that's an asterisk right there. There's a reason Jim Nagy and his scouting staff plucked this guy out and decided to invite him to the biggest all-star game of the draft season. I haven't seen him up close and personal yet, but I'm excited to check him out a little bit more during the week of practice. Luke, do you think other Vikings podcasts are talking about Puka Nakua <laughs> right now? You this can is... only get it here, Sam. Yeah, right? your exclusive home of Puka Nakua. Um, <laughs> it's fun to say. Thanks for the question, Chase. Give me one more. Give me one more. Puka Nakua. Love it. Love it. You know what it sounds what? like when you say it? When you say it what? just like that, you know what that sounds like? 
Sounds like a Minnesota Viking, doesn't it? Ooh. I think we, we would, their, their social media account at Vikings would have some fun with that. Yeah, definitely. No doubt. Good show, Luke. Uh, thanks for the questions, everybody. We appreciate it. We do this every Wednesday. Tomorrow, it's the full group. It's Ron Johnson, Arif Hassan, Luke Braun, Luke Inn, and myself. The full five on the Minnesota football party. For Luke, I'm Sam. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, and thank you for watching. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.